Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals, and the greater community. Welcome to this week's episode. So pleased to have Rachel Mills with us today. Rach is an exercise physiologist and passionate surf boat rowing competitor. That's a mouthful in itself. Welcome, Rach. Thank you for having me today. So today we're going to be debunking strength training myths. Very excited about that. We are. Um, we've got a couple of categories here. So we've got the youth uh, slash teenagers, uh, women, and then your pre and post menopausal women as well. Fantastic. It's always intrigued me. I've done a bit of strength training myself, but I was very concerned about bulking up. Now that doesn't seem to have happened, which I'm very pleased about. So I'm looking forward to uh, what you've got to share with us today. That is definitely one we will dive into. It is <laughs> one of the main myths going around that uh, gets broached quite a bit. Great. So what can you tell us? Um, So let's start with the youth and the teenage age bracket. Um, As a parent yourself um, with kids growing up, obviously strength training isn't something that's necessarily at the forefront of your mind for when they're participating in sport. Um, But exercise and sport is such an important part of children's life, Um, lessons that are learned in both team and individual sport that can really be applied throughout the rest of their life going forward. Um, And a strength training program can benefit in multitude of ways, uh, not just in the inclusion part of it, but also to um, bone health, muscle strength, the prevention of injuries as well. Um, So we do have some myths that we can go through just to help parents out there understand a bit more about strength training. I don't know if you've got this on the list, but I always used to think that under 18s couldn't um, do strength training. And I suppose I was thinking of that coming from the using weights but I've now seen that age group well and truly, you know, use weights in a supervised manner. So is that one of your uh, topics that we're going to talk about? That is. That's one of the myths out there that uh, parents definitely have is will strength training affect like growth plates or stunt the growth? And there's no research out there at the moment that uh, associates any of that to strength training. Um, participation in any sport will carry any risk of injury. So the strength training done correctly can help prevent any injuries. So if you look at it from, uh, say, like basketball, so jumping up to shoot and that landing, the load going through the landing is going to put more strain on the body than a strength program with squats. But the squats will help increase the strength to help absorb that landing to help hopefully prevent some injuries going forward. Yeah, got it. Yep. So definitely um, if done the right way and supervised uh, with the recommended loads, sets and reps, uh, yeah, anyone at the teenage or young, young adolescent age bracket definitely is suitable for. So they're using their body weight at the time, but they're also adding additional weights to that. Is that right? They are like dependent. They will have a pre-assessment obviously done with a professional uh, to gauge where they're at um, and what sport they are, the ability that they're at. And they will start, they can start with body weight. Um, If they've done a little bit before, they obviously will start to progressively load, but there won't be that quick transition into uh, doing nothing to completely putting load through the body. We will start with the technique side of things and progressively go from there. So you mentioned a particular sport like basketball. Are you doing different things for different sports? 
Yeah, so depending on the sport that comes to hand, so for instance, another one is like swimming or tennis, which is predominantly shoulder-based, you would be doing more shoulder strength uh, for that sport because of every the load that just goes through that. Yeah, fantastic. Hmm. So that's myth number one. So hopefully we're able to discuss that one and debunk that myth for all you parents out there. Done. Big tick for that one. <laughs> Big tick. The other one is the um, soft tissue injuries. That's another one that um, many parents out there, obviously sports do, um, those injuries do occur. Um, but participation um, in strength training can help prevent these soft tissue injuries and they'll favorably influence the bone health growth and development as well. So another important factor there in why strength training can be effective. So how does it help? What it, What is it in particular that it does to the soft tissues? So you're talking muscle mass or are you talking? So talking strengthening the muscles, strengthening those ligaments and the tendons around there to support that structure. So we see a lot in like your AFL, um, the ACL, um, you know, injury to that ACL. So strengthening that structure around it, obviously minimize that risk. Now we can only do so much. Obviously uh, it does come down to the gameplay and there is unfortunate events that do happen, but by uh, programming a proper strength training session, we can definitely help to avoid those injuries. Yeah. Okay. So what happens around the knee? Like what is it that there's obviously loads of muscles around the knee that you're strengthening to stop or to give it the real strength? What What is it? Yeah. So we're definitely trying to focus on uh, like your glutes. So your bum muscles, your hamstrings, your quads, so the back and the front of the upper thigh there and your calf muscles as well. So the whole lower limb structure there to make it as strong as possible, to be stable as possible uh, for when you get those knocks, be it coming from the side, the hyperextension. So where you straighten your knee too far backwards as well. Um, and that change of direction. So just helping control and stabilize, strengthen that joint. Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, the, well, that's myth number two, so yeah. hopefully tick for that one as well. Um, we've ticked off, obviously, the age bracket um, in the first uh, point as well. Like I said, no evidence associated. As long as they can follow direction and follow the rules and be safe in the environment, then strength training is okay. Yep, fantastic. So that's our youth. That's our youth. All, all right. done there. Moving on. Who are we talking about now? How old are they? We're talking about women, so roughly like your 20 to 30-year age bracket at the moment um, that have probably um, gotten on the fitness train. They're wanting to look towards strengthening, but they're, they're really worried about this classic myth of the bulking. So surely you jump in the gym. You lift heavy weights and you bulk up. Isn't that what we all think? Well, that's what everybody <laughs> thinks, actually. I mean, it's such a big myth out there that's the, the biggest misconception going around. And the fitness landscape has changed a lot, but unfortunately this is the one underlying uh, myth with women especially that um, they just don't want to do the bulk up. So and, and I suppose if it was that early, those that are wanting to do the bulk up would be laughing all the way, wouldn't they? There are those women that definitely are going out and uh, bulking up their backsides and their thighs, whether it's for looks or for some of the sports they're playing in. But um, it's, it takes a lot, a lot of work to get 
that bulk on? It does. So if we focus on um, those that obviously, if you call them bulky, I mean, um, you know, your, your weightlifters or your CrossFit athletes, um, you, you will see them about on social media heaps. They've got the biggest muscle mass there because of the amount of training they do. They focus so much time on their strength training, thousands of thousands of hours um, training. They have a specific diet um, as well that they follow and possible health supplements um, that are designed to help gain muscle. So a lot has to be done for females to gain a lot of, mo- a lot of muscle mass to then become that bulky. Okay, so if that's a myth, what um, why is it good for us then? It's definitely good um, for us. Obviously, your bone health, um, similar to what we went through with the adolescents, um, joint stability, reducing any um, potential risks in the future down the track with like osteoporosis or arthritis, prevention of injuries, um, and helps with any sports that you're playing and daily activities as well. And for women, the big one is self-esteem and confidence. Yeah, great. So hopefully um, by talking through this bulking, um, so to speak, that um, we get more women out there participating in the strength without the worry of feeling like they're bulking up. You'll definitely tone up, definitely will increase a little bit of muscle mass over time, but it's not going to happen overnight and it's definitely not going to put on 15, 20 kilos with a bulk. bulk. Yeah, <laughs> with a bulk. Because <laughs> usually we're all in there trying to lose the bulk, aren't we, and get fit. <laughs> well, that leads me to the second Well, some myth. of us. <laughs> yeah, some of us. Well, that leads us to the second myth. Obviously, um, you know, we have people discuss that, you know, they're trying to get in the gym or they're trying to do 100 crunches a day or planks uh, because they want to specifically reduce fat from an area. Unfortunately, I apologise to all the women out there, um, there is no fat specific localized area that you can just pluck by doing an exercise and the fat's going to come off there. Um, Your body will lose fat um, in a certain order and every woman is different in which order that will be. So doing a hundred sit-ups or planks, whatever it might be, isn't necessarily going to burn the fat off the stomach region straight away because that's where you want it. Yeah, that is fascinating because I know we all put on, well, I'm not going to say we all, I put on a couple of kilos, you know, over Christmas or those special holiday times. And I know that when I put it on and where I take it off, it starts in my face, face off, then the, you know, the torso, then the stomach, then there. And that's the way it goes on. It's so funny to, when I try and I'm like, why isn't it moving off my hips yet? And it's because I've only just lost, lost it off my face. So. And that's it. And every female will be different in where they lose it from. Some are very lucky. They'll lose it off the stomach straight, <laughs> straight away, away. where you want it. Um, a lot of females will be jealous at those women yeah. that, um, that does happen too. But, yeah, with nutrition and specific strength training, we can obviously help target that as a global factor. Yeah. I have heard a lot about that. It's more about what you're eating for um, for that weight loss. Yeah, definitely. And well, the moving. I'm not downplaying it. the exercise. Yeah. but exercise, yeah. the nutrition, sleep, it all comes into yeah. into play. Um, the last one we've got for, for women is obviously with lifting weights, um, they've got the question out there whether that will result in any injury. Um, obviously lifting um, weights with bad technique, that will cause injury. Um, any poorly managed pre-existing injury will cause injury. Training while fatigued will cause injury and increasing your weights too quickly can cause injury. Um, there's so many different factors that can cause injury, but lifting heavy with the correct form uh, is not one of them. Yep. I suppose the correct form is what it's all about, isn't it? And you may be able to lift something heavy, heavier one day, but a couple of days later, you may have had a late night, you may have you know, not slept well, and you may actually have to decrease your weights a little bit just for that session because your body's actually not feeling 
up to that heavy weight. That's 100%. So just monitor how the body's feeling. You might have a lighter day because you are fatigued, a bit more stressed, haven't had a great sleep, whatever it might be. And then there'll be a day where you're feeling really fresh and you'll be like, okay, I can try going back to what I was lifting, you know, two days ago because I before I was fatigued and a bit run down. Yeah, fantastic. Radio. The excited next pre, one pre and post menopausal um, women and strength training. So um, there's a lot of a lot of discussion around the pre and post menopausal. It's not really a, a topic that is discussed a lot. Um, obviously, women out there don't find it. Um, they find it uneasy or a bit nervy to talk about menopausal when they're going through it. Not a sexy topic. No, definitely not a sexy topic <laughs> at all, but hopefully with some strength training we can help make it a bit of a sexy topic. Fantastic. Um, so obviously menopause happens um, within with, for women, sorry, um, about 45, 44 to 55 years depending um, when you may go through it. Um, symptoms can uh, vary greatly. Um, with each woman, but um, they can also interfere with the daily life and your quality of life there as well. And as most um, women going through that or about to go through that, their doctor would have um, spoken to them about the potential risks after menopause of osteoporosis, arthritis or osteopenia. Um, So that's something where strength training can come into play and really help um, prevent that. Likewise, if you do have osteoporosis, osteoarthritis or osteopenia, strength training can help as well. So it's definitely just because you've been diagnosed with that doesn't mean that you eliminate strength training. We can definitely incorporate that to help that quality, your quality of life. So go back a step. Why does uh, menopause <clears throat> increase those things or bring about those things? So to do with the hormone changes and obviously your bone density changes as well. So you will, uh, if you do experience any of that, the doctor will do a bone density test and you will fall um, within that scale. Um, You may not at all have osteoporosis, arthritis or osteopenia. Um, You may fall within that. So if you do, um, it's just the minerals within the bone density there um, that have just come a little bit more brittle um, and we just need to help that with some strength training. So how does the strength training increase that bone density? Yeah, so helping um, do, doing some like light agility work, so like some step-ups, little skips, that kind of thing, that just force through the bone can help build that bone density um, back up. But obviously we don't want to be putting too much force through the bone, otherwise that could potentially result in some fractures. Yeah, okay. So again, <clears throat> using the expertise as well and truly needed safe, for safety or for best results. That's it. Yes. So a proper program to be developed, um, to progress as tolerated and yeah, to to limit the risk of any injuries. Yep. Fantastic. So the definitely one that we've just touched on is that, you know, myth number one, like women who are older shouldn't strength train. Um, you know, it's important, like we have said, for the bone density, mass and strength to be able to do the weight training. And it's the most ideal time for women is that that postmenopausal um, to, to help with the, the bone density mass as well, to increase that, to keep that going along as you go into your retirement age. Yeah, fantastic. I know I've forgotten her name, but there's a lady that's um, in the lineup to go and be live on the Mars, live on the Mars, live, live on the Mars, live on Mars. Yes. And she's having to do a heap of strength training because they're calculating what bone density she'll lose while she's in Mars. Um, and this is a no return mission. Yep. And 
So, yeah, you know, her story is fantastic, but she's having to, and she's older, so she's in this sort of age group in terms of the menopause. I don't know if she's had menopause, but she's certainly in what we're talking about now. And so they're going through all those things about what bone density she'll lose and the extra amount of strength training she's doing to be above and beyond before she even goes over there. Yeah, so, so that's definitely like going back to the category we just had, that 20 to 30-year-old bracket, doing that strength training for when you do hit menopause or um, if you are having babies, so pregnancy as well, definitely has the benefits. The stronger you are going into it, um, hopefully the stronger you are coming out of it as well. Great. What number are we up to? Myth number two. two. So um, this one obviously can fall into the for women that are um, – have, have had a pregnancy um, and also the menopausal is lifting weight will cause incontinence or prolapse. Um, definitely one that's out there. That's not the case. Um, failure to screen properly and adjust the program is a major contributor. Um, obviously, we would like you to get assessed by a women's health physio first if you do have any of those incontinence or prolapse issues um, and just ensuring proper breathing cues and appropriate exercise selection uh, for your program is what's key there. Yeah, we had um, Caroline Bender on our pelvic floor physiotherapist a couple of weeks ago and she was saying in terms of lifting heavy weights, it's about the the strain. So it's educating people on, you know, how to properly use their bodies when they're lifting heavy weights and men and women That's for it. that state. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Education is key here um, and something that we can all learn from. Mm, fantastic. Our final, debunked. Yeah, Number debunked. two, debunked. <laughs> Our final myth is um, to lose, I guess this can fit across the, the previous category and this category, um, to lose fat you only need cardio. Um, there's a lot of talk out there that cardio, cardio, cardio. Um, doing more cardio is the best way to do more, exactly that, to do more cardio. Um, but if you do want to lose weight, we did touch on it before, a bit of nutrition as well. Um, and just mixing it up. So you still stick with your cardio if you're into your running or your bike riding or your swimming, but um, changing it up with some like interval training known as um, high intensity training or metabolic conditioning. So that's where um, short bouts and you can do a bit of strength training there. They've got the high intensity volume there that you'll still work cardiovascular wise, uh, but you've got some strength happening there as well. And for that, I suppose you get that combination of time. You can do that in a shorter amount of time, the high intensity. That's it, high intensity, um, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, generally around that 30 to 35 is where you want to be be working between. But, yeah, if you don't have a lot of time to dedicate, definitely a high intensity, a short one, will be able to help as well. Yeah, and as you said, if you're enjoying your running or even walking, if you're in this age group, then the strength training is helping with those as well, as you talked about with the um, youth. That's it, yep. And where does falls prevention fit into all of this, seeing as we're talking about ageing and retiring? and (laughs) The falls prevention, well, hopefully with this, with the strength training, with some balance, a specifically tailored program for each individual, we can hopefully um, work towards that not happening. Um, So strengthening the body, double leg and single leg as well to prevent those possible falls that could happen later in life. Or at any age, really. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It doesn't take much. And as you said, if you've strengthened the right parts and you get a knock or you trip on a um, slippery footpath, you've actually got the strength to stop yourself from falling. That's it. Or minimising intensity. Yeah, minimising intensity, the the impact that could potentially happen. Yeah, because we don't always see falls on, um, okay, we talk about the elderly having falls and we talk about athletes getting knocked but in everyday life, you know, and, and the types of clients that you'd be seeing, we see people that might have tripped up a gutter 
or um, tripped over a bag that's been left behind somewhere or the, the wet footpath running to get out of the rain and slipping. So there's those types of things as well, just everyday that's life. Like everyday life, even if you're going for a coffee with a friend, which we can't do at the moment with COVID, <laughs> but even just talking and taking your eye off where you're walking, you know, it, there might be a little bit of uneven ground, just um, having that stability there and having that balance there that you can counterbalance counter that, so to speak, um, and help prevent what could be a major injury. So looking at your mobile phone as you're walking downstairs, maybe not a yeah, good maybe, idea. <laughs> maybe not a good idea with that one. <laughs> so I think we've covered, you know, some very similar um, topics or, or myths across the all, the all age groups from the youth right up into that sort of retirement age. Um, so it's interesting to see that going back to, you know, strength training or working out in a gym is, um, is good for everyone. It is. It is really good for everyone. And as long as you find the right professional out there, you have a pre-screening um, completed and a tailored program for you, you should be on the right track. But just remember, be a bit patient in what progressions can happen. It's not going to happen overnight. It is something that's going to take time. Yeah. And as we always say, listen to your own body because you know your own body better, better than, than anyone else. else. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much, Rach. Is there anything else that you think we haven't covered today or what's the key takeaway, do you think, from today's um, messages? I think the key one um, today, aside from what I just said before, is as long as strength training is implemented correctly and the appropriate weight um, as well, it can improve uh, your coordination, build strength, uh, tissue resilience, mental health, self-esteem, boost energy levels and sports performance as well and obviously reduce any of those daily life um, obstacles that we may face. Mishaps. Yes, mishaps. (laughs) And as it's been quoted so many times over the last couple of years, exercise is medicine. That's it. It is the freest form of medicine out there. So, you know, you may have to pay for a consult with a physio, exercise physiologist, whatever it might be, but um, that consult as opposed to a surgery or medication that you may be on for life, um, it's a little price to pay. Sure for, for what is your life and you only get one life. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Rach. It's been a pleasure having you with us today. We look forward to having you on other series down the track. Thanks so much. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.